Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and this week we have a special guest, Michelle Anthony, who is a spiritual life coach, a yoga educator, and an embodiment witch. And I'm so excited for her to be here today. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So for those of you who are in the community and maybe had um, popped in to check out the third annual season of the witch conference, Michelle came and she hosted spellcasting with your body. And it was freaking amazing, uh, super moving and super unlocking. It really opened so much up and was just such a great reminder that we don't need anything except our bodies to do magic. Um, so I was, I was very, um, moved and uh, yeah, I don't even really know how to talk about my experience that I had because it unlocked some stuff. And then I had to immediately put on my, like, now I'm presenting again, hat. I was like, wait, I need to integrate what just happened to me. <laughs> and there was not space for that um, in that moment. But since then, I definitely have. So, Michelle, I just I would love for you to just kind of talk about yourself and what what work you're doing in the world and how you got to where you're being, where you are. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Well, I just love to hear that feedback about the workshop inside of your season of the witch conference that was just so fun to be a part of and to just feel into so many different kinds of people that haven't been in my field um because yeah to me it feels like a, a two-way interaction of just like interpreting energy um and responding so that was really special for me as well um so yeah like you said I'm a spiritual life coach and a yoga educator and an embodiment witch so I teach yoga teacher training at a local studio is one of the things I do I've studied um of the Himalayan tradition tantra yoga um and that's definitely where my heart lies as far as yoga um, which is definitely more philosophy based and more about um, responding to and moving energies um, more than it is, of course, um, about physical asana. So it's very human affirming yogic philosophy, um, which is really different from a lot of <laughs> what you see in the Western world now of, you know, like purification is such a, a heavy piece and, and, you know, having a perfect pose and whatnot. So, um, that's where my, and that definitely like led me down the embodiment, um, pipeline to, um, be able to cast spells with the body. Um, and, and as far as like the spiritual life coaching and, and whatnot, um, my spiritual journey has been <laughs> a long one. Um, probably, I think I would say I had my first spiritual awakening in 2010 when I was living in Canada and had, you know, desired this deep spiritual experience. Um, and then it happened, but, you know, in a more fearful way. 
of, of seeing a spirit that I thought was a physical, my, like my partner and my hand went through the face. Oh. And then it was like, it was inside of my head. And then the next morning I tried to speak about it, but I was frozen. And the next morning, my partner was like, I didn't want to say it, but when you woke me up, I saw somebody kneeling beside the bed. And so that definitely <laughs> sparked a, a spiritual activation of sorts um, that started with learning how to protect myself and has led me to um, more of a grounded and balanced spirituality um, that's perhaps less consumeristic um, and more um, just embodied and like just that trust in yourself that I don't always have to be protecting myself from other people's energy or negative spirits or whatever because I know that I can handle um, whatever comes my way. So that's just a little bit about my journey. The work I do in the world is spiritual life coaching. I do one-on-one. I am huge on shadow work. I have a, a program, Shadow Priestess, um, coming up to release here soon. And I have my monthly membership, which is WIP, Work in Progress, or Witch in Practice, all of the <laughs> acronyms um, for WIP, which is where we do like those weekly embodiment spells um, mm-hmm. underneath a, a monthly Akashic theme. So yeah, yeah, that's I a little what it. I do. <laughs> so many things. So so when you, I guess I'm curious about, you know, you had this experience in 2010, mm. you said, and then what came after that? Like, as you started to, you know, go, oh, okay, I, I'm going to be in my body more and I learn about protection and all of that. But then you said you sort of transitioned away from feeling like you had to protect yourself all the time. Yeah. So how did you come to land in yourself in a way that felt so solid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of practice and time, I would say, because I kind of, from that experience went down, you know, one extreme of like every day, like protect me at the hundred thousand layers from negative, low vibrational and evil entities and doing like every single day. And yet I was always being attacked and just this recognition that me setting this, like, I don't, Hey, everybody, I don't want low vibrations. Hey, spirits don't come here. It was like this call to, Uh to them to be like, well, try, let's try and get through this shield. Um, and so in in a, in a way it was attracting more experiences where I had to protect myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really went down the rabbit hole of like, like exorcisms and like, I mean, Mm -hmm. spirits were taking over my partner's body. And I, as soon as like one bottle of beer and I was just like, uh, her eyes were black and it was, it, and it was just really weird experiences. Um, but yeah, like I said, none of it was really grounded. It was like, you know, sitting with my pendulum asking questions about what's going to happen. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it was just a really ungrounded space. We broke up. I moved back into my mom's basement, (laughs) started teaching yoga, um, and really dove into more, more yoga trainings, um, got more into my body, started developing more of a a sense of stability, um, in my life, but also in my body from being like a really mobile, flexible person to like you know, needing to actually protect my ligaments Uh by, by, 
um, bringing into a sense of stability and strength. So that was a piece of that journey for me. Um, and as far as that, like grounding, definitely Tantra yoga has been such a big piece of that grounding for me. And it's just been a, a process of maturing that energy uh, the more I practice. So when did you originally learn yoga? I mean, like, because it said, I mean, if you're teaching it, then you went through a teacher training at some point. Mm -hmm. So how long ago was that? Yeah. So I started taking yoga in college. And then when I moved to Canada in 2010 to be with my partner, I, it was like some loophole that I was able to actually like get in the country. Cause I was just like, oh, I have $700. I'm just going to go live with whatever. And they were just like, um, we don't want to let you in. Um, so yeah, I found, um, I had nothing to do obviously, cause here I am in Canada and, um, my visa for work, I was able to get one, but it, not right away. Um, and I would wander the streets and I found this flyer for a drum circle and it was like this amazing, like 80 to a hundred people every Friday. Like it was the coolest, like my best friend, like she was a 60 year old. Like it was really, that's where I met these like sisters who really catapulted me on my spiritual journey. Uh -huh. And like for the, for the first time, I think, you know, they, they were like, well, what do you pick up on this? And somebody who like asked my opinion. And I think that was just such a powerful piece of my journey. So I, at this drum circle, saw a flyer that was like, do you want to be a yoga teacher? And it was my yoga teacher doing singing bowls at the drum circle. And I was like, well, this is what I'm doing with my life. And I just like had this inner knowing. <laughs> I mean, I just graduated college with a bachelor's in Spanish and minored in French and philosophy no idea. And I was like, I just knew, you know, and she was like, well, I trust your inner knowing, like, we'll figure this out. And then I ended up like working at Gap Canada and like as a carny selling snow cones and like doing whatever I needed to do to like complete this first yoga training. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it. One of the things that just really stood out to me about what you said is that, you know, somebody was asking your opinion. Yeah. Like, trust somebody else was trusting your intuition and your ability, you know, your psychic abilities, your ability to pick up on things. And something about that was really validating. And yeah. I just, I guess I just want to bring that to the surface because I think so often as we're moving through the world, there are these moments of doubt that come up in us. And sometimes it does take that reflection from someone else, you know, as much as I'm all about like, trust yourself, trust your inner, you know, wisdom and you know, just be solid in that. Sometimes we waver because we're humans. Yes. yes. And so getting that validation sounds like it was really something that helped you to, to circle back and be like, Oh wait, I do trust myself. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it was with those sisters that, you know, we would do the work together and like, they're like, okay, you're Reiki certified, like come do this exorcism with me, mm -hmm. you know, and like doing these spiritual surgeries and <laughs> removing uh -huh. artifacts and entities and, and all of that stuff. And definitely I, that's when I started doing readings and that's when I got my first deck of the fairy cards that I commented on here. Like I saw that you oh, yeah. had those. I'm like, I was gifted that. And I think I was like, 21 or 22 and I'm 34 now um and just like yeah how powerful that was to 
have the opportunity to give readings to other people. And like, almost like that sense of like, they believed in me more than I believed in myself. Cause I was like, I don't have special powers. I'm not like, I wanted to be special and I didn't have, you know, there was that disconnect until I saw that spirit. And I was like, okay, here we fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) This is real now. There's no (laughs) denying. There's no denying that this is real, that like, you know, now I know I'm connected. And so while it was really scary at the time, it was such a powerful validation for me that I'm, this is a a part of my path that I had to face the thing I feared the most. And I think too, that, yeah, giving readings, even now, whenever I learn a new modality, like when I started reading Akashic records, it was like, I'm just doing donation readings. And if you feel like giving me feedback, cool. And then it was like, oh, that validation is actually super helpful, super powerful to just ground deeper into this sense of like, okay, I'm not just making this up. This is actually um, a a real thing that I can tap into and we all can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think (laughs) that's the thing that I'm always trying to drive home to people is that we all have these abilities. We have varying degrees of these abilities because we all have different gifts, you know, and it's, it's really a spectrum. Um, but like with anything, the more you practice something, the better you'll get at it. Um, regardless of what it is really, you know, well, for the most part, part. there's some things I think I just haven't gotten good at, but I also lose patience with learning. (laughs) Same. Oh my gosh. Patience is my first, um, good quality. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I first started doing Akashic readings, I did like 28 readings in a week because I was just like, I want to anchor into this. And that was, it was something I was manifesting actually was, and I had it written on my board. I had an office, separate office space at this time. And it was like everything I wrote on that board happened. And one of them was to be able to give readings without using cards. Uh And then like the Akashic records found me. (laughs) And it was just like, okay, let's see, you know, just like the curiosity. And then it was like, okay, this is, this is really cool. So Michelle, for people who might not know what the Akashic records are, can you speak a little bit about what the, what they are and how you access them and what information comes through for you around that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the Akashic records is a storehouse of information, past, present, and future potentialities. Um, and you access it using a prayer or somebody's full legal name. You can do the whole prayer, which is like a whole thing, um, which I like to do when I'm first dropping in. But if I'm doing several readings back to back, I just ask them to say their full legal name three times in a row. Um, and then as you do that, you first part of the prayer is calling in energy from the crown to the heart. And the second part of the prayer is connecting your heart to their heart. Um, and then as far as like what kind of information comes through, it is actually literally anything from like what past life does do, you know, I need to heal in order to, you know, move forward with this. Or, I mean, somebody was like, you know, will I be pregnant? And I like, you know, and, and I'm just honest about, you know, I don't know what information is going to come through, but let's just see. Um, because I don't have all the answers and I always present it as like, well, this is what's coming through. Um, you know, you have free will timelines change. And whenever I look into like future predicting, I see 
um, various timelines and some of them are like more lit up. Like, okay, this one feels like it's got a lot more energy than these timelines. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the information that comes through and just like really wild validation has come from this even. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I've never channeled or like been a medium before, but I think it's always like, I've always known the person or, you know, who I'm reading for, who has passed, but like to give digital readings too, which is my main uh, way to do readings now is you just send me questions and I do a voice message and I send you the voice message. And so I don't get validation right away. And I just remember like this first one, I was like, and she didn't get back to me right away. And I was like, gosh, before I even get to your questions, like somebody's here and it's like your dad. I don't know if your dad has passed, <laughs> but it's like your dad. And here's how I describe him. And here's what he's saying. Um, and it took like a week for her to get back to me. And she's like, yeah, that's my dad. You described him. That's what he says. And her questions, she was so cute. Her questions were about like her farm and like, you know, it was like, how is this going to do this year? And it was, uh -huh. you know, it's like, so it really, you could ask any questions and just how it comes through is obviously not like, yes, no, good, right. bad. Cause I don't even believe in that. Like, I don't, that's not how life is anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do you receive information? I know how I receive information and it's, it varies, but there's, you know, it's for me, it's a lot of images and, um, and emotion and sensation. Mm -hmm. How do you get messages? Yeah, I would say I use all of my psychic senses, but primarily, um, it just depends on, um, who is coming through if it's information or if it's, um, a guide or I, I work with the masters of the Akashic records. They feel very um, alien in nature. I'll say like, it feels like an <laughs> alien ET type energy, the guardians of this information and of timelines. Um, so it just kind of depends and you'll kind of like notice if I'm doing a reading and like my voice will change when they want to come through uh -huh. a little bit, but yeah, I get images and um, I'm primarily like auditory. And oh. so sometimes like the information, I'm like, okay, I have to say this part before I can get more information. And then sometimes it'll be more channeling where it's like just coming through as it's coming through me. And I just allow it to speak. And that definitely has taken practice to just trust that flow mm -hmm. without judgment. Yeah. Do you remember it afterwards or does some of it dissipate depending on how the information came through? I think I would remember it right afterwards. And sometimes I remember like the gist of something. Um, and it's like, I'm receiving the wisdom too. And then it becomes a part of me uh -huh. um, in some ways where it's like, wow, that was really wise. Wow. And that wasn't me. Like, but now it gets to be a part of me and like my, my body of, of wisdom that I share with other people. So yeah, just definitely. I, I do remember mostly, but sometimes like readings and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know. I forgot that I predicted your pregnancy of this one woman. She's like, and I get messages sometimes of like, no, like you said six months and I don't usually do times like, like, so it's something that just came through. She's like, no, it happened. Like exactly how you said. <laughs> and I was like, really? I said that? I said you'd get pregnant. That doesn't sound like something I would do, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so 
surprise. <laughs> it, it's always, I know I, well, when I do readings for people, card readings for people, I, I'll say things and then I, it's like, I want to the next thing. I've forgotten mm. completely. And people oh. will come back and say, oh yeah, this thing that you said, I'm like, I don't, oh, good. Cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that worked. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I've known other people who channel who don't remember what they channeled. Mm. So they have to, they have to record themselves because they won't remember it. Cause it's some, some other energy moving through. So that's why I asked. Yeah. yeah. More like trance, trance yeah. channeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Totally. Totally. Mm. So Michelle, do you identify as a witch? Would you say like, yes, I'm a witch. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I 100% identify as a witch and I think it's like not a newer thing but probably just like the more I mature in life the more I'm like grounded in that not needing to mean what other people maybe would make it mean right so what does it mean to you I love asking people this question Mm. I think like being a witch to me is about uh, honoring my cycles, mm-hmm. honoring the connection to nature and and not not just connection to nature, but connection to myself as nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and this connection to spirit, yeah, of of, yes, nature and my humanity and like very, um, human affirming witchcraft um but also the connection to some greater (laughs) you know source or spirits um and the ability to which is really it's so interesting because I I really resonate with this idea of like how I would um describe myself as a witch is very like yogic of like, we are a witch in the same way we are a yoga practitioner to better navigate our, our life as a human. So we're not just like at the whim of whatever life throws at us. Like we actually have some power to not just from the yogic perspective, control and, you know, attune our mind to possibilities and concentrate our mind and our energies to a certain purpose, but to also have this element of like surrender to divine will. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you have, it, it's surrendering and, and trusting in it, but also recognizing that you do have some power and, yeah. and choice within that. Yeah. Yeah. No matter whatever life throws at you, there's always a choice in how we navigate the energies. Mm-hmm. And that's straight up yoga and it's, and it's witchcraft. The more I explore other modalities, the more I recognize that it's all yoga and it's all in the yoga sutra. Like it's all there, everything there's self-coaching. If you read the yoga sutras, it's coaching. If you read this yoga sutras, there's magic. We have powers, (laughs) you know, it's, it's all there. Oh, interesting. I had not made mm-hmm. that connection. I mean, I haven't read them, so I don't, mm. I hadn't made that connection. I mean, but I just, I, I love that, that correlation that you're making. Yeah. Um, and in my own belief, I think everything is connected, right? Yeah. I think, I think ultimately when you really dial down most philosophic philosophies, a little bit, 
there is kind of a, a thread that runs through yeah. many spiritualities, many philosophies, even if they are different. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, I just love that. Not thousand percent agree. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite witchery practice for yourself that you share with others either or? Yeah, I would say just the art of ritual, which can look a lot of different ways, but it can be just like how we romanticize our lives. Like I love having roses in whatever. I have one right here in my room on my altar and downstairs because when I see it, it's just opens me to just like, oh, so, so, so much pleasure. It's like, oh yeah, if I, I can pick up this rose and I do it all the time and I play with them, they don't just sit and look pretty. I, um, yeah, I smell them. I rub them against my lips and my face to yeah, just like get into my body and into this more magical space. So ritual, I love doing spell jars, um, the ritual of embodiment. We did a little in whip last night. We did, a an embodiment spell, just like this ritual of blessing our body with our hands and just like opening and closing the ritual in that way. So I'm definitely a very ritualistic person. Um, yeah. So all the different ways we can be ritualistic. I'm, I'm for it. (laughs) Well, when I hear you talking in in, about ritual, I mean, aside from spell jars, but there's a sense of uh, sensuality, even just watching you. So people can't see you, but I'm watching you move. And as you're talking about it, there is this sensuality of like really experiencing sensation in the body. Um, would, would you say that that's really where ritual lands for you is having an experiential physical process. Absolutely. Um, for sure. I'm a very sensual person. I love if you see me now, so you wouldn't know it. I'm like in my pajamas post shower, but I love, you know, dressing in a ritualistic way that makes me Mm. feel a certain way. I love putting beauty on my path because it just like reminds me to just like drop in and see the world differently. Um, I love do I do my body oils and I have a very like special fancy body oil that's like infused with seaweed and yeah, it's a very sensual process and yeah, I love doing my rituals outside or by my altar, just like ways that I can enhance my, my physical sensations. Yeah. yeah that's it's as I'm watching you, uh, kind of demonstrate, you know, rubbing <laughs> in your arms and whatnot, and just thinking about that. One of the things I talk about uh, often with people is how I never skimp on soap, that, that buying like a soap that smells amazing to me is like one of the most important things in just my practice of being alive (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I want to get into the shower and I want to enjoy every second of touching my skin and smelling that smell and being, being with myself, even if it's just for a couple minutes of just really tapping into this, the sensuality, because as humans, we're gifted with so many sensations. And when we really feel into that, it's such a beautiful, sacred thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when, when you're talking about this, just highly resonating for me is really my point. Yeah. And that like, my own belief around, you know, witchcraft and just being healed, being alive. Yeah. And like, isn't that the point of everything? And I think just like we forget 
how good we can feel. Like I forget perpetually and then remember perpetually. And that's just like my practice is like, you go to a yoga class and you're like, oh, I forgot that I can feel this good in my body or like, yeah, just we, we, and that's just a part of the human condition is perpetual forgetfulness. And yeah, it just, I love this idea of romanticizing life because what's witchcraft for what's yoga for not to like one day get out of the human experience. And I think that's a lot of like classical yoga philosophy is like ascension based enlightenment versus enlightenment being like, I can be in this human experience and be okay and be unaffected by, and not unaffected because I think a huge part of my practice is like letting in the fullness of the human experience, but not needing it to sway or be in the driver's seat of your decision-making, but to be able to be fully open to all of life. To me, that's enlightenment. Yeah, I concur. (laughs) Uh, There is this this workout class that I do called the class, but it's really mindfulness-based. And Mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, the focus of that is coming into the moment. What are you experiencing right now? What's happening Mm -hmm. right now? And they talk a lot about, you know, our mind is so powerful and amazing, but it wants to drive us backwards and forwards and it takes us out of now, but our body can't lie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we tap back into our body, here we are in this presence. And what is more powerful than being completely in a moment? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. That just gave me chills. (laughs) I just gave myself chills. (laughs) (laughs) You're speaking truth though. It is. They're really like, and that not only is it, there's nothing more powerful, but that's where our power is to even begin with, to, to start to tap into our own unique magic. It's always in the present moment. And that's why all of these practices like yoga or embodiment or mindfulness are just such a foundational piece of any spiritual practice yes yes this is it we're speaking the same language michelle i know know. i'm like i know why we get along so well exactly (laughs) well i'm wondering how how people can find you you know if if people want to connect with you and and learn more about your membership and you know do a reading with you whatever it might be what's the best way for people to reach out to you I would say Instagram at the moment is where I'm, where I am, you know, 99% (laughs) of the time. I don't really have a website. I have my link tree on my Instagram. It's at bliss tonic mish, all one B L I S S T O N I C M I S C H E. So bliss tonic mish. I have a podcast, the bliss tonic one word podcast, um, I'm on TikTok and same blistonic mish, but that's where I, I, I put a lot of, uh, time into content creation just because I feel like it gives people an idea of what it's like to work with me. Um, and I, it, it really, it makes a difference for free. Um, so I have a lot of really good stuff already just on my Instagram. So yeah, that's where you can find me, send me a message. I love connecting with people. So you can also email me as blisstonicmish at gmail.com. Cool. And I will put your contact information in the description of this podcast as well. So if you're listening in, go back and check where you, where you logged in at. uh, So you can find that information too. 
thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. This is awesome. I know. I really, I love talking to you and I'm excited to listen back to this. (laughs) Well, and thank you everybody else for tuning in and until next time, keep it magical. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. This must be so- <laughs> there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.